I have a few announcements I want to make sure that you're aware of. And I'm going to start with the furthest in my memory and hope I can remember the closest ones. It is very important that we announce, and as a part of the Book of Discipline, and every expectation that we share a month in advance when our church conference is. So I am sharing with you a month and a week ahead of time. Our church conference will be on December the 3rd, following worship. The District Superintendent Sandy Holwine will be joining us for worship that day, and then we'll have a little snack or some lunch afterwards, and then we'll move into our district, uh, our, our all-church conference, and that will be on December the 3rd. I also want to make sure that everyone is aware as we've been having conversations about our preparation, our prayers towards uh, shifting in our model of all church leadership, all church administration. On Tuesday at 11, we'll be having our church conference meeting, It'll uh, church council meeting. It'll be a one topic, one focus gathering to talk about the letter that we'll send to the district superintendent to officially have the ball moving for that event. So please remember that church council, administration council is an open meeting, although you have to be a member of the council to vote, but it is an open meeting. It'll be another opportunity to hear the strategy. It'll be an opportunity to hear the information that we want to send to the district superintendent as we continue to work together as a community to move into the one community model. As we move into November, I would like for you to remember that November the 12th is our next gathering of um, our Together in Worship. This month in November, we will be focusing on our attitude of gratitude. We're going to look at the narrative of Mary and Martha. We're going to look at the one that sat at Christ's feet and the one that was active. And we're going to pray through all of the ways that we respond to Christ. And since it's November, since it's Thanksgiving, we're going to have a more formal meal that night. I'm going to get some kind of meat that I won't eat. If you guys bring the vegetables that I will, and that will uh, make things very, very wonderful. So that'll be November the 12th. The next day, November the 13th, is the second Monday. Uh, please see Mike and Mary Lou to join us for our uh, time at Brother Benos. And also, as we move into the month, if you are a member of the Finance meet Committee, we are meeting on November the 15th at... 11 o'clock, I may change that, look at the newsletter uh, for our finance meeting uh, to prepare for work towards our end of the year conference. Are there any announcements that I am forgetting? I would like to just say something. We prayed on Sunday because I hadn't heard from my youngest son who lived in state New York for a while. We prayed on Sunday and then we had a book club meeting on Thursday and we prayed and on Friday and I heard from my son. I was very, very thankful. Amen. <laughs> Amen. What a blessing for that. What an absolute blessing to have that response. I want to ask one more special favor, please. 
Next Sunday is All Saints Sunday. And I want to make sure that I acknowledge all of the church members who have passed away over the past year. I'm very aware of two dear friends, our dear friend Marv, our dear friend Mary Lou Voigt, who passed away last year. But I need more reminders. I do not want to forget anyone. So please email me this week with a picture, if possible, so that we can celebrate the saints of our church that have joined the church triumphant. I believe that's all of today's announcements. I, uh, we'll start with, um, with Margaret's prayer request of gratitude with her son. We continue to pray for the world community and world conflict. Is there any other prayer request today? Mary Sulek. Mary Sulek, who is, continues to heal. She is uh, dealing with some issues with her, her tailbone right now, and they're continuing to do occupational therapy with her. So please pray. I, I saw her on Thursday morning. If you didn't know that she had been sick, you wouldn't know that she was sick. She's very much married right now. So please, please continue in prayer for her. Any other prayer requests? Yes, ma'am. Um. Pardon me. Pardon me. Um, answered prayer. Paul, we prayed for Paul last week, and um, Paul is back. Paul and Kathy got all the copies together, and they were all ready this morning. And then also prayer requests for the um, Vermont Massacre. Yes. Yes. Nancy. 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 Yes, Crystal has a lung something. I want to say bronchitis, but I cannot confirm or deny that. But uh, she's dealing with some illnesses, so please pray for Crystal. I also want to remind you today, after worship, look at all the beautiful snacks over there. I, I'm going to hang out and chit-chat with anyone who may be interested in joining our church committee community today. So please... Uh, uh, please stay here for that as well. Okay, let's uh, let's join together in our prayer. Precious and loving God, thank you for all the ways that you move in our lives. Stir our souls, Lord. In your Son's precious and loving name, I pray. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. 
As we move into our time of children's time, I will stand so I can see everybody. I, I love our, our arrangement that everybody can kind of sit comfortably and we can pull everybody into our children's narrative. I have a question for you all, and that is this. Do you know the answer to every question? No. Sometimes we do, and sometimes we get asked questions and we feel like that we are challenged that we have to have answers sometimes. And that is very scary. I know for my young friends, you guys have exams and tests already, right, guys? You got tests and stuff at school? Oh, you got a test tomorrow. All right, we forgot to add a prayer request in our prayers for, for school tests tomorrow. Sometimes I, I won't make that joke, I'll make it later. Well, um, I remember when I was in school that whenever there was a test that came along, it, and especially it was a pop quiz. Do you guys have pop quiz? Do you have pop quizzes? They just give you a quiz out of nowhere to see what you know at that moment. That's pretty scary, huh? Because you didn't have any time to prepare for it. You didn't have any time to study for it. Just out of nowhere, you have to show what you know at that moment. And that's really hard, and it's really frightening. Today, in the scripture that I'm going to share in church, Jesus is going to have a pop quiz. And inside this pop quiz, Jesus has to answer a question and it's not just to prove what Jesus knows, but Jesus has to also take time to teach while he's sharing it. So have you ever had a quiz and you had to become the teacher in the quiz? That would be so extra scary, I wouldn't know what to do about that. So at the very least, tomorrow when you have your test, bud, at least you don't also have to be the teacher while you're taking your test. So as we pray together, I want us to think of all the times that life challenges us. Because sometimes life asks us questions, and we may not know the answers in that moment. But we also get to teach others by the way we respond to those questions. So let's join together. Precious and loving God, thank you for helping us when we feel challenged. Thank you for helping us with all the hard questions in living. And be with us as we live the answers. In your son's precious name I pray. Amen. And it's our friends will go with Miss Jan for Sunday school. I invite those who are going to help lead out in our singing this morning to come up. We're going to do our hymn sing. So hopefully all of you have a hymnal near you or you're already holding one. So first request. Three, 3-10-3-1-0. Thank you. 
you to stand with us as we continue our worship in music. Lord, reign in me. Thank you. 
Um, pastor asked me to share the stewardship moment um, for today, and I think 
what he was meaning was the hospitality aspect of um, stewardship. There's when we went through COVID, we didn't have any um, fellowship after service. And then when COVID restrictions got relaxed, um, I asked Pastor if we could bring it back because I felt like after service, you know, people kind of have that services over with and then we just go our ways. And if we were able to get together and have some coffee and maybe have a conversation with each other, um, that would be good. So stewardship for hospitality comes in many different ways. We can offer um, goods, we can bake goods and bring them in on Sunday morning for the um, fellowship hour, which really isn't an hour. You don't have to stay for an hour. You can stay for 15 minutes or half an hour or however long you'd like. And pastors made it now that we can have hospitality. We can have food and drink during um, service as well. So if you get up late and you um, skip breakfast, come on over here and have breakfast with us. Um, also, you can donate money for um, hospitality. Uh, we do have volunteers that come in and, um, and we buy coffee and cups and the plates and such. But also it's the time. If you notice, we missed Paul last week. Paul and Kathy come in every week and set up the coffee along with Raquel Helps um, at times, but they make sure that we have coffee and we have water and we have plates and all the condiments to go in. And the stewardship of your time is really important in the, um, in the community of the church whether it's helping out with something like this, the hospitality time, or we're having the hanging of the greens is coming up for Christmas time, or Cheyenne back there doing our music. All of the little things that we do make up this community of church. So it's all those parts of stewardship, your time, um, baking goods at home, bringing them in perhaps, um, doing donations for the coffee or bringing in some coffee. All of those things make up our life as the church. And I hope that's what Pastor wanted to talk about. <laughs> so I just want to give an extra shout out. Thanks for um, Paul and Kathy, who are very, very faithful about coming in and um, making coffee. Mary Lou and um, Nancy and Jan Aller um, and Raquel all help and get things cleaned up afterwards or get things set up before. So it takes a village and we are that village. We are that community. So thank you all for being the community. So one more quick announcement as we talk about ways to be in community and be a part of that village. If you are willing, if anyone is interested in being in Voices of Praise or would like to sing some things during Thanksgiving or during our Christmas time, uh, please spend some time with Jen following the service today. Let's join together in prayer for our open and our 
open an announcement. So let's start over, kids. Let's move into our sermon now. Let's join together in our prayer for our sermon. Precious and loving God, we thank you for being present in all ways, opening doors for us to serve in ways that we never expected, helping us with life challenges and life's questions that we did not expect. Precious God, today as we look at this conversation between Christ and the religious leaders, let's look at what it means to truly love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Be with us in this time of conversation, Lord, in your son's precious and loving name I pray. Amen. I usually get excited for this section of scripture to come out. I usually get excited for the opportunity to remind you that you are special and you are loved by God and you should also love you because God loves you. That is a fact in the narrative and I want to share that with you again today. I want to remind you that you are a beautiful and beloved creation within the hands of a grace-filled, loving God. You are loved. You are important. You are special. I want you to hold on to that narrative. I want to share with you the ways that I normally share this scripture. As we heard both in the words of song and through Mike jumping in there out of the bullpen, coming in for a mid-inning mid relief. Unfortunately, my Rangers couldn't do that last night. But they still got two more wins to go, bud. Sports rivalries everywhere. I want to remind you of these beautiful words, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. It's a beautiful, beautiful commitment to what justifying grace is. As we look at John Wesley's words and John Wesley's explanation of justifying grace, we serve a Savior and Redeemer who has done something for us, and when we respond to that grace, we connect with it. We interact with it. We find a connection in something that God has already done. As I've seen in so many beautiful uh, artworks through time, there's this artwork that exists that's two kids talking to each other, two small children. And one child says to the other child, I know that I'm special because God doesn't make junk. It's a beautiful reminder and a beautiful expression that you are important enough to be loved by God. But then this week, I did this terrible, terrible thing. When I went to Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, I had my homiletics professor teach me something called exegetical method. And what exegetical method is, is when you're preparing a sermon, you don't just look at the scripture, 
You don't just break down the scripture. You don't just look at the words of the scripture, but you truly challenge yourself to look at the historical construct that that scripture existed in. You challenge yourself to look at other times and other moments that these conversations also took place. And you're challenged to look at commonalities between those conversations. I made a big mistake this week and I did that. And before I share with you the realization that came to my heart, my soul, my mind, as I exegeted this scripture this week, I want to share with you a beautiful fact and a beautiful foundation. The beautiful fact and the beautiful foundation is what I just spent a lot of time sharing with you. You are a beautiful creation in the eyes of God. You are special. You deserve love. You deserve to be loved. You deserve to feel love. I want you to remember that as I now contradict myself. I looked at this conversation between Christ and the religious leaders of that time. And as I looked through the lenses of exegetical method, I had to look at one common theme that exists every time that Jesus Christ had a conversation with a religious leader within his time frame. When Jesus Christ had conversations with these leaders who loved to pop up and loved to give pop quizzes to Jesus, as we shared here in our children's message today, Jesus Christ was always faced with a challenge and a struggle when these questions came along. Jesus both had to find a way to address the question that was being asked in every situation that Christ was in communication with a religious leader. And he also had to use it as a teaching moment for anyone else who was overhearing this conversation. So when Christ speaks to everyone, anyone, everyone, Christ's brain is working in three different places. Christ's brain is working in the place that he has to proclaim the gospel and the ministry that he has come to serve. When Christ is in a conversation, he is trying to address the question in such a way that he addresses the challenge and also continues to teach the new ministry. And then there's this third level. And it's not really addressed in the scripture, but we know it happens because we observe it today. In any conversation that an individual is challenged to answer a question that they believe in, to address a narrative that holds a reality within their lives, there is a tassel of other people sitting on the sidelines and listening to that response. So Christ is teaching his ministry, Christ is addressing a challenge, and Christ is teaching others who feel excluded from the conversation. That is the challenge that Christ deals with. So, again, before I move forward, I need you to remember 
that you are a beautiful, loving creation in the eyes of Jesus Christ. You deserve the loving grace of God. You have a place at the altar of God's loving grace and care. You are worthy of love. Remember that. Now I need you to remember who Christ is talking to. Christ is also talking to the religious leaders. And if I have ever shared with you anything about Christ's teaching qualities in his ministry, my favorite Christ, the Christ that I hold the deepest connection to, the one who I emulate at times when I'm answering questions, my favorite Christ is the Christ of sarcasm. Think about the parables that Jesus Christ shares. When Jesus Christ talks to an individual and talks about the speck in one eye and the log in their own, there exists in that response the Christ of sarcasm. When I think about Christ talking about putting a camel through the eye of a needle, there exists within that the Christ of sarcasm, including the beautiful situation. When Christ hears religious leaders telling the kids to be quiet in the back, so Christ calls those kids up to the front to be much louder, there exists this beautiful image of the Christ of sarcasm. So this week, as I read through the scripture, I wrestled with a reality that if I take Dr. Schuster's practice of exegetical method and look at this scripture through the eyes of not just what is happening at this moment, but is what's happening within that time and that construct. If I look at this scripture for how that Christ has handled these situations before, how that he's handled the individuals that he is speaking to before, it gave me a new narrative for this. So, before I share that narrative with you, I want to share with you a very special reminder. You are loved by God. You are a beautiful creation in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have a seat at the altar of God's loving grace. You are loved and you deserve to be loved. But now, let's listen to this scripture again. Let's affix upon it who Christ is speaking to directly. And let's add in my favorite Christ, the Christ of sarcasm in this narrative. Who is Christ speaking to directly? The leaders. Christ is speaking directly to the leaders. In that time frame, we're going to work on this together. In that time frame, in this historical moment, what were many of the leaders' focus in their lives? Gaining power and gaining wealth through their practice. That's what Christ is dealing with in this narrative. Christ is talking directly to leaders that are trying to gain more power for themselves, more wealth for themselves. We see that in the reality of Christ 
Christ going into a table, going into a temple and turning tables over because of how the leaders in that time hurt the weak by taking advantage of their spiritual needs. We see that in Scripture. As we break down the through the exegetical method of that time frame and that history, we see a collection of leaders who are trying to gain for themselves and not care for others. We see that historically. That is who Christ is talking to directly. So now let me have you again listen to the scripture through the narrative of the sarcastic Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. That last words change through looking at this scripture through those eyes as you love yourself. I'm trying to say it sarcastically. It's not quite coming out the way I agree. Christ already knows that these people understand what it means to love themselves. Christ already has seen their practices of loving themselves, gaining for themselves, collecting for themselves, prospering for themselves through their actions. We've watched it over and over again. We see it in Christ's interactions with the religious leaders. I'm the adult. I have the strength. Keep those kids quiet. Hey, you want to come and share your religious practice? Well, you have to do it my way through my means. So buy my things and take them into my temple and use them. When Christ responds to this, looking through this through the historical eyes, Christ is talking to a group of people. It's got no problem loving themselves. They have a hard time extending that love to others. Let's pray about that for a moment. Because that narrative exists. In other times that I share this scripture with you, I have pushed really hard that we are loved by God so we can love ourselves. When I share that narrative in the times that I've used the scripture in the past, I have used it through the lenses of those that the religious leaders in this time frame excluded. The individuals who had to try, travel miles upon miles upon miles just to have a religious experience only to get there to find out that the gifts that they bring were not worthy for that practice. Other times I've used this scripture through the lenses and the narratives of people who are grieving and lost and hurting who are going to the temple to receive grace and care. But when they get there, they discover that they are not worthy to be there. And through those lenses, I hope that they hear how I've preached this message so many times before. Our dear, dear friends who are on journeys and they just need to be cared for, the ones who have a hard time seeing love within themselves because they have not been loved. 
our dear, dear friends who come to the community to hear the words, God made you, you are special, you are loved, there is a place at the altar for you. But there's different ways that that imagery gets us When that they enter these temples, the temple that Christ went to so that the children could have a voice. The temple that Christ went to so that he could overturn the tables of a corrupt practice. The Christ who went to the individuals who were excluded to give them the first voice. We don't have the Easter message without Mary receiving it. And the first female pastor going out to proclaim the resurrection. We don't have this narrative without Christ stepping out and turning the tables over. And that beautiful, loving, sarcastic Christ who is my Redeemer and my Savior. The t-shirts that used to be a while, around for a while. The sarcastic Christ is my homeboy. That's my guy. Because it's through those actions that Christ has held up a mirror to individuals and have forced them to look at themselves and ask the question, am I being who I should be? And one narrative, as I look at this, as I exegete every conversation that Christ has ever had with a religious leader, I see a Christ that is challenging people to look outside of themselves and to love somebody else. And I look at that historical understanding of how Christ had these conversations with religious leaders over and over and over again to hold a mirror in their face that it is not your gain, but it is for others that we serve. I hear the words as yourself, as a cutting two-edged knife challenging individuals to do better to do better now for all of my dear friends sitting on the sidelines the third part of every part of christ's narrative they get to hear in his words what i get to preach every time i get to the scripture my big smiling loving southern dialect sharing with all of you you're loved you're blessed. You're a creation of Jesus Christ. You are a creation of God's love and grace. There is a place at the altar for you. As he uses the other end of that knife and cuts back at stop thinking about yourself and start caring for other people. I want you to hear these words from me. Well, not me. I serve with you. I've been at Brother Benno's with Mike and Mary Lou. I've been at Operation Hope with Kelly and Effie. I have gone to different soup kitchens in Bristol, Tennessee. I went to the 16 Sierra Service Project mission trips. It is my blessing to get a phone call and answer a question. It is my blessing to pray with a dear friend that's sick. There is nothing that is more fulfilling than that we do those things for other people and I watch you do it. Thank you. I watch you do it. Thank you. 
Thank you. And there's times we got to do it just a little bit louder and a little bit more visible because unfortunately we still deal with the ones that Christ helped with. We still deal with the ones who quest power. We still deal with the ones that corrupt the message. And we still deal with the ones that make it about themselves when it should be about the greater community. So what do I want you to take from this? What do I want you to take from this? I feel personally as I stand up here wearing my vestments at the throne, if I'm a liar, the lightning bolt will come down and hit me. I feel that you are the third people. I feel that you're the friends that need to be reminded that you're loved. And that's what I want you to take from this. You're loved. You're special. There is a place at the table of grace for you. And when you see the ones that Jesus Christ is talking to directly, I want you to remember my sarcastic Christ has got your back. He's on the call now. So just hold on to those things. Today as we move into our time of communion, we celebrate a Christ that gave for us. That gave images of grace for us. Christ saw the hurting, the sick, and those in need. And Christ, for those people, went the extra mile to create actions of care. What we are responding to is what Christ has already done. And Christ does the things that we cannot do for ourselves. Christ sees our weaknesses and makes them strength. strengths. Christ makes you beautiful. Christ makes you love. And Christ creates a place at the altar for you. In the United Methodist Church, we serve an open table, which means this could be your first time in a church ever. You may have heard Jesus Christ's name for the first time today. There is a place at the altar for you. All are welcome to come forward to receive these gifts. On the night in which Christ gave himself up for us, he took the bread of the Passover feast. He shared that bread with others. He shared the words, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat it, do it in remembrance of me. And on that evening, he took the cup. He raised the cup. He shared it with those around him and shared the loving words. This is the cup of my covenant with you. Now, forever and always, you are loved. You are special. And there is a place at the altar for you. Precious God, today as we take these gifts of bread and cup, please make them be as your body and blood for us. Please surround them with your spirit and bless them with your spirit. Precious God, as we receive these gifts of bread and cup, make us be as your hands and feet for the world. As we share a message that the ones on the sidelines need to hear, Help us do it in such a way that we reflect your grace. Precious God, be with us today as we receive these gifts. Fill us with your spirit. And in your son's precious and loving name, I pray. Amen. I've asked a special friend to come forward and help me serve today. Please come forward as you are able. If you're looking for a gluten-free option, it's on the altar. And if you cannot come forward, wave at me and I'll come to you. Amen. Um.
Can you see it? Before we have time for the closing benediction, uh, I'd like to remind everybody that uh, conference has designated October Pastor Appreciation Month. The SPRC likes to take it one step further and say this is Staff Appreciation Month because without our pastor and without our staff, we would not have what we have here at North Coast United Methodist Church. Uh, I'd like to thank our staff, in particular Mercedes, who wears two hats as our administrative assistant and as our youth director. Jen, certainly with the beautiful music she gives us each week, and we appreciate her for all that she does. Raquel, who is in with the children right now, is here every Sunday doing a lot of extra things, not just child care. She helps out in any way that she can. And of course, behind the scenes, we have Julianne. And Julianne is over here today. Uh, we appreciate all that she does getting our name out through the internet, that magical thing that goes all over the world. Uh, and a special thank you to a couple of extras that are not technically our staff, but Brenda, who substitutes so nicely for us whenever Jen cannot be here. And we have a special intern this summer. I'd like to thank Cheyenne for all that she's been doing for us, uh, teaching herself. But last but not least, I would like to have a special thank you. Uh, this has been a difficult year. It's been a challenging year with everything going on. I want to really thank and appreciate our pastor for all he does for us and make the, uh, North Coast United Methodist Church what it is today. So, Pastor, thank you. Make sure that everybody gives a hug to Mercedes and Julianne and Jen and and uh, Raquel. Give a fist bump to Cheyenne. <laughs> Such a blessing to be the pastor here. Imagine that I'm speechless. Thank you. All I can say is thank you. I'll get my words back together. There's all sorts of wonderful snacks and everything over here. I had planned that I would do uh, cookies with the pastor, so now there's an extra uh, celebration of that. So um, if you've been here for a while and want to learn about joining the church, come and ask me questions. If you want to know who my favorite professional wrestler is, come over and ask me some questions. We'll just have some fun shenanigans. As we move into our time of benediction, thank you for being the ones that hear the words of Christ and the many ways that Christ shares them. Thank you for being the hands and feet of love, and I will I'm sure I'll experience that this afternoon as I look through this bag. Thank you for this. Three magic words that sparked a conversation between two musicians. God is love. Thank you for displaying that to me as always that you always have. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. Amen.